Hey, audio people. Um, we're starting you a couple seconds early because we don't know how to make this any more streamlined than it already is. Um, so we're going to start the live video broadcast in a second. Uh, so hold on for some exciting banter. Super exciting. <laughs> okay, and go. <clears throat> we'll have to post the intro video for you guys so you can actually see it. Yeah, we have a Nick put together a wonderful video to open the podcast. It's quite professional. Yeah, it's really not. It looks quite. Yay! But the picture's all screwed up again. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, it's gonna get worse than that. Yeah. Hi guys, I'm gonna fix the camera real quick. Because that's what we do. I thought we were going to not have to do this. Um, but welcome to Barstool Politics. Welcome to Barstool Politics. <laughs> thanks, thanks again uh, for things. Um, oh, yay! There we go. Now I get to yay. be Yeah, so if you were watching us on Facebook Live, now you can see us. It's great. Um, yeah, welcome, guys. Uh, Bill, regular super guest. Suzanne Schott is here again. Hi. And then we have a special guest as well. We do, and let me introduce her. So we have Mary Nassett, a North Central College graduate. Uh, what year did you graduate, Mary? 2012. 2012. Okay, it is now currently the Assistant Director for External Relations and Communications. Someone looked at my LinkedIn. Yes, at the what? Polsky Center at the University of Chicago. But the real reason we brought her in is because of her political experience on the Obama <coughs> 2012 campaign, as well as the Rahm Emanuel wow. campaign. Neat sound. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that's Bill, that's Mary, that's yeah. Suzanne, and we're done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, what we failed to say, I just, just yeah. she's a political science graduate, political not science just graduate. a North Central yep. alum, but in political science. I don't and need that Russell Bill and I were her instructors. Absolutely. Who has on the ground experience, running, working in campaigns, uh, has uh, yeah, a different non academic perspective. So, Mary, thank you so much for being here. Excited to be here. A long time listener. Yes. Um, another crazy week, guys. Really, really bizarre. Lots of exciting things to talk bizarre about. Bizarre is the right word. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I think it, we'll, we'll work through it eventually. We'll get to some of uh, President Trump's bizarreness. Uh, but we were wondering whether we should start, given that Mary uh, has worked for the Obama campaign, is connected with individuals on that campaign, it's, it's probably useful to think about that transition from Obama to Trump, uh, the legacy. I would say that I don't know if Donald Trump believes in anything, other than undoing everything that the Obama administration tried to do. And, and so I guess I'm curious how you, as somebody who worked closely on that campaign, uh, how are you feeling about all of this? It's a constant state of anxiety and depression. <laughs> um, depression. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, since November. Um, but no, I mean, it's awful. And I kind of break it into the policy differences and then just like, the character mm -hmm. and human being differences. And honestly, I have more of like a visceral reaction, I think, to the character differences. Um, I mean, policy right now, like with, you know, healthcare backup and them trying to convince, you know, these Republicans that they're going to cover pre-existing conditions when they're not, like, that's a little scary, especially having worked on the 2012 campaign where that whole campaign was like a defense of Obamacare. Yeah. And that is the man's lasting legacy. Um, 
But to me, yeah, the things that are so obvious is to go from someone like Mm -hmm. Barack Obama. And, you know, you can have your different opinions on him, but you can't deny that the man was intellectual, that he cared about intelligence and Mm -hmm. knowing things, that he was professional, that you could tell he cared about the job. Mm -hmm. Like, those are pretty basic things. And and you're you're telling me Donald doesn't bring the same dignity to the office? There's just, like, a little (laughs) bit of a difference. Yeah. Just, like... Marginal. Marginal. But, and that's what's hard, just like, yeah, seeing it on TV every day and watching the way he carries himself, the way he's so, like, dismissive of the job, almost, and the greatest, like, honor that he has, you know, and and I think to me, in just the way he approaches it, that it's, you know, he's the only one that can do it. That's the thing that's disgusted me more than anything. Barack Obama was all about, like, I am the like I'm speaking for you this is about you and like you know I'm the person who you know fell for that like my entire career Mm -hmm. and everything I studied was based on Barack Obama in 2007 and everything and then you have Donald Trump who's just like you guys don't even need to know what's going on like he doesn't even need to he doesn't need to go like he's the only one that can do it are you surprised that Obama has been so quiet and has not because the surrogates Mm -hmm. from the administration the campaign have been out pushing back but he hasn't. Why the right. hell would he want to jump into that hornet's nest? That's true. That's true. Yeah. I think he respects the office. I mean, and they say, like, no one knows the president's job besides someone who's lived through it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he probably respects what George, like, George Bush, George W. Bush as an ex-president. Like, again, say what you want yes. about this man as a president, but he was a, he's been a great ex-president. Yeah. You know, and he said when he was becoming an ex-president, like, Obama was taking office that he was going to kind of keep to himself because Mm -hmm. he was like, no one really knows what's going on. And, you know, he had people like Carter and Clinton who were like nipping at his heels the whole time. Yeah. Um, But that doesn't mean I, he's, I don't think Obama's going to stay silent. I mean, I don't think he's going to be on like Sunday shows, you know, (laughs) ripping them apart, but I think it's pretty clear where he's going to put his, like Michelle Obama had like a great shady tweet today oh she did oh, yeah. i didn't oh, see it oh my god it was like a picture of her hugging a child because the obamas were in town to talk about the presidential center and the mm-hmm. work they're doing with that and her tweet was something about like you know how they're going to keep fighting to this work for this work and what they've been doing and then it was like tama like especially like girls education which is oh, something right. that trump was going to cut this the let week. girls learn yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah yeah which has been conflicting reports yes he is no yeah. he's not of course we don't really know yeah. Sure. It mm-hmm. seems to me, when I was thinking about what you just said, when Bill had asked, you know, was he gonna, why has he not been in the line, or maybe Nick asked, why has he not been in the line, I forget who asked, I've only had that for a year, Bill, okay. <laughs> um, and you said you're not surprised, and what made me, what I started thinking about as you were talking was this very, stays very true to his community organizing roots, mm-hmm. right, that he, and you were saying before, like, he's kind of the man speaking for the people, that he it's wants to be him. on the ground doing mm-hmm. stuff, he sees and he knows he can be of more use, I, I I would argue he could be of more use doing that, like donating $2 million to initiatives mm-hmm. in Chicago, than going out on the Sunday shows and talking about how Obamacare should be saved. And he's not going to be president again, which, no. yeah, I still I know. have a tough <laughs> time. I do too. And then Michelle he, won't be first lady again. He wants which is to empower people to act, and like that's what he sees his value at. And It, it must, at a personal level drive him I can't and I, I would think that the fear initially was policy right so you, you worry about Obamacare you worry about the legacy the, the legislative legacy 
but now the the way in which Trump embraces that office has to just grind cool. at him at a, at a, a if I was yeah. him and just watching the things that this man is doing mm-hmm. and that he's getting like a pass on him whereas the Obama is like both of them like anything they could do was you know in under such a different lens mm-hmm. well but there is an added dimension obviously to this yes which you know we could go there or not but there's an and added dimension yeah. yeah and so he had to be extra careful mm-hmm. for different kinds of reasons yeah. that yeah. he was limited yeah right right mm-hmm. so that would just I mean if I was there, I would just be like I put in eight years of you know bullshit bullshit and like getting your crap for doing right. getting like endless news cycles for wearing a tan suit to like a press brief right. stage not wearing right. a flag pin yeah or it's not big this enough man like yeah, praises dictators and talks about. Oh, we're gonna get there. Yeah, yeah, like, and he's just like, oh, it's just Trump. Well, even Trump. even uh, George W. Bush has had a somewhat uh, bizarre reaction to to. I mean, it, it was at the. It was at the inauguration, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When Bush allegedly said, like, once Trump had finished his speech, like, was walking away, and, and a number of people overheard say, like, that was some crazy shit. <laughs> right? Well, first of all, he was fighting his poncho, which right, is hilarious. Right, right. Yes. 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 yes, that was oh. some crazy shit. And it just got, seems to get crazier. Because mm-hmm. every week, like, when we started, you were like, a crazy. crazy week again. Yeah, like, every single time every we started, this is And then he keeps getting these passes, right? Over and over again, saying these things to, oh, it's just Trump being Trump. And are we? I, really, I mean, we talk about it every week, though. Like, how does he get a pass on it? Well, uh, that's true. He's not. We're talking about like it, right? literally. Yeah. There's no one that's not talking about it constantly. And he's yes. being judged for it, right? Right. I mean, like, every he, he, every step of the way. And yeah. in some ways, he's, it's reflected in his presidential approval, right? And so Which his approval, is not good. It's yeah, approval is around forty. Yeah. So it's the lowest it's been of an incoming president in the first 100 days that we've seen in modern history. And he can't get a legislative agenda passed because he has no political capital. So he's signing all these executive orders more than any president since Truman in the first 100 days. Yeah. So he's, he's, I guess you're saying he's, he's getting a, he's not getting a pass because we're talking about it, but he's still able to execute his job. Right. Because he's not, as of right now, been impeached for anything. And we've, mm-hmm. we've talked about this in the past. <laughs> he's lowered the bar. And but people realize that. I mean, they acknowledge that he is an entirely different president. Oh, yeah, than anybody he gets else. like a gold star for like acting a complete sentence together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for like not wandering around like naked in the press briefing room or something. Back, like, bathrobes, in his bathrobes. bathrobes. Yes, yeah. which bathrobes. we should like, we should acknowledge. Phil Barker, a normal guy. Oh, he's yeah. he's not here. We forgot Phil Barker, about Phil. Damn it. He loves the bathrobe story. So he might Phil, be in one right now. Right, that's for true. <laughs> we should we should acknowledge that Phil uh, threw out his back uh, a couple days ago climbing a mountain. I, I, think, I think it might have been a hill, but nevertheless... He's <laughs> getting uh, out of bed. Let's just talk right. about it. <laughs> so he tripped on a curve. He couldn't be here with yeah. us today. So, Phil, we are we miss you, and we hope your back is getting better. So And I'm the, I'm the poor woman's Phil. I was a last-minute right. add-on. Right. So, <laughs> it was a special request. Just for Mary. <laughs> right. yeah, back, back to bathrooms, but yeah. <laughs> um, the lowering of the bar, mm-hmm. I yes. think, is what we were, yeah. we were talking about. Well, I mean, we had, we had talked about this. Like, it's it's become the new normal. And yeah. the analogy that you and I always go back and forth with it is, if you're in prison, that just, it's it's a horrible thing. But it becomes your life. And you just kind of accept it at some point. And all the shitty things that come with it are just part of your life now. And I, I, lo- I love that prison analogy. It's so good. Last night he tweeted some. He was he was attacking Hillary last night and the election again. And I saw those tweets. I was like, oh, I just don't. I don't have time for that. And I think that's that's it. We're like, okay, if it's not it truly truly bizarre, we're gonna let it go. Well, the the greatest thing I think personally for me that I saw come out of this week was the 
the 2020 campaign ad that already came out. It was a 2020 campaign. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. That, so that, that CNN refused to That's what it was. Yes. I didn't yes. watch it. Yeah. Did, did anyone watch it? No, I just I read about no CNN. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Refusing. CNN, yeah, refused to air it because it had, like, a graphic in it that said, like, fake mainstream news. media is right. fake, fake news. news. Well, yeah. CNN is very fake. Very fake. They wanted that. CNN was in an awkward position saying, like, nobody ever puts political ads in this early. Like, you haven't even... You know, it's you haven't registered for right. campaigns and all You're of that. Yeah. No, he your did first that. Term. <laughs> He's already. Yeah. Oh, like inauguration day, they like filed the paperwork. Like for well, they trademarked the his campaign slogan. I know that. Yeah, right? but no, for like inauguration day, they filed the official. Paperwork needed. I mean, he's the rallies have been, he's been yeah. doing have well, campaign, yeah. like yeah, which is a smart tactic for him because he's good at campaigning. Oh, that's what he wants to do. He, so if he can turn on. this into a four year campaign, he wins. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he wins, but like that's that's him at his best. Well, that's like him not going to the White House Correspondents Dinner, right? He did a rally in Pennsylvania, so mm-hmm. he he knows where his bread is buttered is that yeah. how it goes right yeah <laughs> did I say that right yes. yeah. yeah so he it would do him no good to go to the correspondence dinner but it does him all kinds of good to go to Pennsylvania and have a campaign rally and then talk about how the correspondence dinner is going on and how the media yeah. is all a bunch of bullshit mm-hmm. yeah I'm glad we agree on that <laughs> we know that cheers <laughs> cheers cheers to that. yeah oh are you still sad and anxious and depressed oh every day yeah like yeah I mean it's just like a nightmare like it's you like, just every time I look at Twitter, it's like, what is it going to be? And, yeah, it's just awful. So, as... <laughs> this is so dark, but, like, no, it's just... And it's just such a difference. And I think for me, like, you know, I have a political background, like, Korea, and I'm not, you know, currently working in a politically focused job. So that, like, helps, I guess, in a sense that I can kind of distance myself from it, but that also feels weird to me. Um, and it's just, yeah, not having the safety of Obama and Biden. It's a weird thing. Like as, a, as, a politi- as a political scientist, I can step back and I can, I can acknowledge that some horrible things might happen. But I'm also curious, as somebody who studies this, to see it all play out. Right. But as somebody, Mary, who's on the, who like, was on the ground, is it, do you find, is it, are Trump's tweets and his, like, behavior, is it addictive to kind of follow that? Or is all of it, like, repulsive over and over and over and over again? So I think, you know, the majority of my friends are people who are still in this field, who have lived this, who a lot of them worked on, you know, the Clinton campaign or their friends from the Obama campaign and stuff. So there's just, there's no getting away from it. And to me, it's like when I encounter different people who, you know, just kind of brush it aside that's weirder to yeah. me than people who pay attention you're to in everything. that chamber yeah and and i know that that's not normal yeah. i know that my sphere of friends and relationships and the way we pay attention to things and what our twitter feeds look like like i know that's heightened yeah. compared to the average voter the average american mm-hmm. or whatever but it's no i mean i definitely will remove myself at times and like not pay attention you know yeah. i don't watch <clears throat> You know, I tend to watch, like, the NBC5 local morning news now (laughs) instead of, like, Morning Joe or something. Because it's, like... So you're not, like... So MSNBC, like, every evening, you're not hooked in to see what's going on. That's what you Nobody's hooked in to MSNBC. Oh, he is! Sometimes I am, right? Because it's just... Yeah. um, Yeah, as, as a political scientist left of center, like, I find... I'm just pulled... 
towards Trump in a variety what? of ways. What? what? Shocking! Yes. Is there, I, I feel like I've asked you this before, but I can't remember if I have, and so I'm going to ask you now again, either for the first time. You, yes. Oh. As someone, to go off what Bill is saying, as someone who worked on the campaign, as someone who was invested and feels like their life was changed for so many reasons in so many ways by him and by the campaign, is there a certain level of, like, betrayal that you feel? Not by him. But you put all of this into it, and then the, a fear of all of this is going to be, like, erased so quickly. Mm. Yeah, I feel like these are things I, like, talk about with my therapist. But, like, it's... <laughs> Leave it to me to talk to my therapist, right? Like, tell me, baby. But no, I mean, yeah, it's weird to think, especially with, like, yeah, I, I guess the specific policy things, too. It's, like, because working on a campaign is not, like, working like, just a normal, like, nine-to-five job. Like, I moved, you know, you guys remember, like, I left the week before graduation and moved to North Carolina, a state I had never been in before, to Mm -hmm. a job where I knew one person sort of thing, and, you know, then spent the next, like, six and a half months or whatever working seven days a week, like, just my whole, that was my entire life. And, you know, people do this for a lot longer and stuff, so, and it's not a job that you go into on just like a, oh this could be fun like to put yeah. in those sort of hours you need to be like driven by it mm-hmm. um so you know i was driven by barack obama <clears throat> and driven by the policies and changes he was doing so yeah seeing those kind of ripped apart the thought of the aca being demolished it's just like so what did i just you know put my time to like that's Hard. But then you think of like the people that are better off, like yes. stuff like that. Step but no, it's, it it's easy to be like selfish and be like, but I, did. you know. Well, there's also a realization that he may, Trump may not be successful at pulling back exactly. any of this yes. legacy. That's I mean, right. executive orders, he's been very proactive, but a lot of the legislative stuff is still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't appear that the Trump administration yeah. is very effective at no, moving and that's any of not that. a silver lining. Yeah. 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 Like the whole, yeah, mm-hmm. like just the whole, our whole governmental system, like, mm-hmm. that. Yeah does kind of feel a little better that things are slow. Institutions. Mm -hmm. What? (laughs) Okay, so let's let's look at the opposite end of the spectrum. We have half of the country that realistically, if we're looking at people that are in a similar position that you were in, that were on board with Trump's campaign going into this administration, how do you reconcile their beliefs and their... um, I guess jubilation would be a good word at this oh, point. It was. Yeah. Jubilation. Yeah. We've used betrayal for the first time and jubilation. Carnage. Carnage. And then we hit them all. Right. I represent yeah. the extreme of emotions yeah. at all times. So, no middle ground. I mean, like, do you, like, what are, what's your, your take on. I'm a on, Trump supporter. Yeah. Just so mean there, I, I mean, there are different. Interesting. Okay. Let's hear um, feeling on this because keep it clean. There's no swearing on this podcast. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and I gotta go. Let me make sure people be listening. So, I have a feeling, I guess, and like there, you know, there people are driven to support someone for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, when I supported Barack Obama, like you know, cast my first vote for Barack Obama, I can't say I was, like, that knowledgeable of, like, his plans for health care. I felt inspired by him. I felt like I mattered and, like, I could do something, like, you mm-hmm. know, so sort of thing like that. But I feel like when you have someone like Trump who, you know, takes things to such an extreme, says things that should be abhorrent for any person, let alone a political candidate, 
it's a little different. So I know a lot of, like, given where we are in Naperville, mm-hmm. you know, in this kind of conservative area, you know, where I grew up, there are a lot of people who might not support, you know, might be against the things he said about women, the things he said about immigrants, you know, but, you know, they, they want their tax cut. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they voted for. And honestly, since the election, that that Trump voter is worse to me than a person who is like, yeah, build that wall, keep the immigrants out. Like, mm-hmm. they at least believe, believe in something. Mm-hmm. Like, they are upfront with their priorities. They're not excusing these awful things for the sake of a tax cut. And to me, that's more yeah. honest and I'm not yeah. going to say respectable, but it's... You can understand that position. I can yeah. I understand that more than someone who brushes those things aside. To the be indifference like, is it yeah. really as simplistic as someone who's just saying, well, I just want a tax cut? I think for a lot of for people some, it is. I would agree. Yeah. What about for people Ryan, who, for the past eight years, didn't... Um, people, let's say, in the construction or home building industry mm-hmm. that didn't get any support, especially in this area, yeah. was it's completely stagnant for the past eight to ten years. Mm-hmm. Or, you know immigrant families who came here legally and made something of themselves and have an issue with immigration policies over the past eight years or more Mm -hmm. that really want to see some sort of change and they knew there wasn't going to be any sort of change if Hillary or or whoever else was running against the Republican candidate Mm -hmm. was in office. I mean, I think it's more nuanced than just... Oh, yes. Oh, no, it is. I'm just thinking of the... Oh yeah, Trump if that's I yeah, if that's what and it is. those are yeah. those ones. No, and I completely disagree. Yeah. Because I live too. in my yeah. Chicago liberal yeah, friend bubble, right. of course. And so, what's interesting yes. about what Nick just said is that there was a um, so Nicole Wallace who mm-hmm. worked on the McCain campaign and was sort of Sarah Palin's prep person mm-hmm. in the 2008 campaign. She's a contributor on, on um, the Today Show, and she did a piece last week where she went back to people that she had interviewed. I think it was in Pennsylvania. Um, who said they were going to vote for Trump and then went back to them all these months later and said, like, so has he delivered on his promises? What do you think? And so one of the gentlemen in the piece, um, she asked, like, what do you, what would, what did you hope he would have done by now? So like, well, I thought we would have broken ground on a new plant. So mm. obviously for so many reasons, that is so not likely to happen oh, regardless yeah. of who the president right. is. Jobs are never coming. 100 yeah. days, like, 400 days, four years, 20 years from now, it's not yeah, happening. And so, so, even those people, right? And I don't mean those people in the bad yeah. way. I mean, yeah. like, to, to, to oh, reference. Insane. I know, the elitist, that's me. <laughs> Hi. Um, the idea that this one person can deliver on all these sort of economically isolationist policies to say, like, we will get you. Like, the coal, we talked about this when I was on. We yeah. talked about right. the coal miners, right? Like, here's me with my hard hat and my shovel. I'm going to get you a job at a coal mining plant. Those jobs, like you said, they're never coming back. And I can't so. fault them for that. Like, they right. were That's a sold. genuine yeah. Yeah. frustration. Yeah. Like, he spoke their... He spoke yeah. to them in ways that nobody else would because it's never going to happen. So they were mm-hmm. other candidates were more honest with those people yeah. than Trump was, but that's why they didn't get elected and Trump did. Sure. I, I would bring up the French elections, but we're probably not there yet because oh. I, I think the same thing is playing out there. Yeah, right? I think it's an interesting boring. analysis. Right, I think it is. It is. It's, yeah. it's this the group that has that feels alienated, left behind, yeah. and yeah. that's the Marie Le Pen mm-hmm. vote. Right, is those who feel like. Seriously, nobody's talked to us, and Trump reached to those groups. She's reaching out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah, sure. it's it's an interesting dynamic and it's a global thing. Yeah, yes. between Brexit and France and yeah. a few other places I can't think of nor care about. Well, um, the Netherlands <laughs> and Mr. I Austria. Care about yeah. yeah. Oh no, you're right. It is, it's and we sh- Turkey. 
Right, Erdogan, all of that, absolutely, yeah. I know about international. You and right? Right? <laughs> my, my, so my American oh. politics student is proud of me. Yeah. So oh, do we want to go talk some Comey? Yeah, James Comey. Yeah. So James Comey, who today was mildly nauseous, uh, and mildly nauseous. yes, do it. So <laughs> So he was testifying. Was he testifying in front of the House today, or who House, was? Or no, the Senate, Senate, Senate Judiciary right. Committee. Mm-hmm. It's like it was. It's one of their normal, every year or something, um, testimonies. And they asked him about whether his releasing of information regarding the Clinton investigation during the campaign might have influenced the election, and that caused him to apparently say that he felt mildly nauseous that that happened. Yes. Um, the American politics people. I'm curious <laughs> yeah, to let's see. Go. Well, yeah. there was there was a lot. Go. There was go. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot that there was a lot that was said. So that was one of the biggest parts. But yeah. also that if I did, and again, Mary can correct me. Well, I need you can, but I'm gonna look at Mary. Um, <laughs> that he basically said that yes, absolutely, Russia had some kind of influence on the election, and they're going to have it again. And that they are it was very like Cold War language about yeah. you know. Russia is one that of the our, greatest existential threats to democracy, yeah, right? Yeah. So it was like, Which Whoa. we hounded Romney for in 2012. We said he was yeah. full of shit. He knows yeah. nothing. We should be worried about, you know, the war on terror and not yep. worried about Russia. And he's seen their foreign policy back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard it. But did you mention that? Sometime mm-hmm. earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, um, <laughs> to all kinds of They can things. have their jeans back. I don't want them. We were talking about that earlier. <laughs> the jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. So those, were, those were the two, right? The two, would you say, biggest things that came out of today? Yeah, the letter, um, but the releasing of the letter, and then Russia. Before we yeah, go into that interference, and that Huma forwarded emails to Anthony Weiner, like they weren't just on his computer. Just like, was, we, just like stop talking about. Yeah, that. not yeah, you. I just, mean, like yeah. we can just like. The Colby's the, the, the big story. Yeah, yeah. 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 not you. No, not you talking about. <laughs> I mean, excuse me for our viewers and yeah. listeners, not Mary. So everybody else, and we've talked about this before, and I just oh. want to get a a, a, a re feel of the room. What effect do you think Russia had on the election? Thank you. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, wait. Time. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Oh. I'm heading oh, up here. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ooh, look at that. Just um, no, so this is obviously huge right now. And I think to talk about this, we should talk about Hillary yesterday. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Who yes. made her most like direct, thank you, her most direct and most public comments about. The election, talking about how the the election was held on October 27th. She would be president right now. Pre-Comey report. Pre, yeah, yes. which was yeah. the 28th. Um, that, you know, there was no question that that affected the outcomes and stuff. And she's been, was ripped apart, uh, like, by the media for that. Saying, like, you know, you have to get over it. Like, there, are all, these, there are all these other things. You should have gone to Wisconsin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of things. Everybody and should go to Wisconsin. Everybody should go. Oh, David Axelrod. Let her have it. Really? Like, Dan, real bad. Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, and, I mean, and it's a, I think he made a very valid point. I mean, there's no question, at least in my opinion, there's no question that affected the outcome. But... I think, and Nate Silver actually did a, and I mm-hmm. hate being the person who like quotes Nate Silver, no. but he did, he's doing this like big series on how the media affected the yes. election, and yes. the one that came out today kind of looked at the actual point swings mm-hmm. in battleground states, yes. Comey letter versus no Comey letter, and stuff, and so I think what it was, it's like the swing that happened because of the Comey letter affected the outcome but it affected it because of other things that had already happened to make that swing 
possible. It was this like on like a running tally, right? Yeah. So it's sort of it was a culmination. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the singular. So it's it like independent effect because of right. how the campaign have a message and didn't campaign the way they should have in Wisconsin and Michigan. They were susceptible to something like the Comey letter. That's right pushing it over. That's interesting. The exit poll showed, I don't have this exact number in my mind right now, but I did at one point that, but I remember at least, it was an overwhelming majority of people who decided within the last two weeks for whom to vote, voted for Trump. Nationwide. So to break this down even further, which I have not seen in particular states, to sort of speak to what Silver was talking about today, Mm -hmm. I would imagine that it would lend some, shed some more light on that. What what do we think about, so, so Comey's decision, so during the campaign, they were conducting investigations in the Trump campaign and the Clinton campaign. And then, of course, he decides to release the Clinton campaign information, does not acknowledge anybody, even though people were asking about the Trump campaign, whether they were investigating that. Is that is that problematic or not? Uh, well, I mean, so it looks like it's problematic. Yeah. Um, face value, right? And I said this before we started taping that, I don't know why, but there may be a reason why Comey is still the director of the FBI, even across administrations. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are, are times where there's carryover, but I don't know. At this point, I don't have he's so tall. He's, I, good. he's, I'm like a he's six eight. Basketball yeah, team. you got to trust him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't like to have the tinfoil hat on. I've talked about this almost every week I've been on, but there are sometimes things that just seem really, really convenient. And mm-hmm. even his testimony today, where he said, "I think Mary, you could probably say it better," where he said something like. I, I had two bad options, release the letter or not, and I chose the lesser, which was to release the letter. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that still puts questions in our mind about, like, okay, well, what was the real big stuff that we could have found out about? And was there some kind of agreement that was made, like, let a little out just enough to maybe make something happen with the outcome of the election, and but don't talk about what's going on with the Trump campaign at all. Especially as more and more things have come and out about payments yeah. and yeah. contact, and how did that not know about that He stuff. went into detail today about how, you know, of course Putin would want to do this. Of course Putin wouldn't want, like, he, and, like, he was using this language, he hated Hillary Clinton. He did not want her mm-hmm. to be president. Right. So, like, of course. And then he's just like... Ooh, me, I didn't say anything about like the Trump connections. Like it's. Let me let me defend Comey because I think it's I think, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make an institutional argument. <gasps> Yay! Um, so exactly. he's he's sitting there, he's looking at the polls like everybody else, and and while I mean I tend to think that Comey is, tries to be nonpartisan. I think he I think he realizes the FBI has to be straight and narrow. So he's looking at the polling. He thinks Hillary's gonna win. So he thinks that she's probably going to win, and he realizes that this new evidence has come out that uh, there was the, the, the emails on a different server. We have to look at that. If he doesn't release that, mm-hmm. if he doesn't say there's something going on there, mm-hmm. and then Hillary ends up winning, mm-hmm. and he releases that after the election, right. nobody's going to care about the Trump administration investigation. It's all going to be about, why didn't you release that? Right. And then the FBI itself is on trial. So it's about institutional legitimacy. I, I, honestly, I honestly think that's yeah. driving him. And the New York Times did a wonderful piece on this where they talked about his decision-making process. And I think that's what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. He assumed Hillary would win. If that happens, then he's got to defend the fact that he didn't release this information beforehand. Right. Uh, and, and so he's thinking, there's no way Trump wins. I release this. She probably ekes it out. Then I don't take any heat. And the FBI continues to operate. Right. I think he was worried if Hillary won and then it's revealed, the FBI might go away as an institution. I think it's less partisan and more institutional. So, while I, you know, I love me some institutions, Mm -hmm. the only thing I would say is that that letter he released in October was just, 
hey, there's some more stuff we think we might know. Yeah, right. We're not reopening the investigation, but we're like thinking we're about reopening. We're just going to tell you something's out there, but not tell you. But what not tell it you is. what it is. No, they they reopened it, right? No, no. no. It, it was, was not an official reopening. No, right. that was one of the biggest misconceptions. It was, was just it? reading some more emails. Yeah, it they was. Were, it was. There was something. But yeah. but we don't really know what. We're not reopening the investigation, but we're like maybe looking at some more stuff. Right. So okay. it, it wasn't. So it wasn't. We have stuff we need to release because it's going to come out eventually, and there's like concrete things to talk about. It was. It was so vague. It was just enough to cast more doubt or remind people. Oh yeah, there was like that email stuff. And if the FBI is reopening the investigation, which is what people thought. Sure. Bill Muck, all these months later. Yeah. Um, and right? then they put out, he put out the thing, what, like November 2nd or something, like two days before, saying, hey, just kidding. There was just nothing, kidding. nothing there. There was it. nothing and, there. And yeah. Like some argue that was even worse to mm-hmm. then bring it up yet again yeah. a week before the election. And it's general FBI policy not to release anything. That's right. Yeah. I kind of think your argument's full. No, no. It's full of some holes. I think he's... And again, I I love me some institutions. I think there's some holes in there. There there may be, but if you're in that position... I'm not saying it's the right decision. I think it's it's the... It's a... It's the best of a bunch of bad options. Which is what he said today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're Comey... It's his life. And you you think Clinton's going to win, I I don't know if you have any other option than that. Because you know... I mean, think about... I mean, so they had said if Clinton was going to win... There were going to be investigations forever, right? The, the, I mean, the Congress... Chavitz was, was looking forward to it. Yes. Well, and guess who's not going to be in Congress anymore. And so think right. about if you're thinking not only about the institution of the FBI, but your own existence as the FBI director. Sure. Yeah. So there's some self-interest potentially. Absolutely. I think that's a fair which, point. Which doesn't make it right. He's still... in American politics? What? Right, <laughs> right, right. He still probably should have said nothing about it. Uh, but I, I, I understand no, why he did. Mm. We don't know that she would have won. We don't. No. So. And again, I, and I know I... I, I, you sidestepped the question I asked. What effect did <laughs> oh, Russia have on Ask the election? Again, oh, Russia. Yeah. I'm sorry. We started talking about Comey. Um, so you mean in terms of hacking? Like, do we have definitive evidence that Russia was involved or was behind WikiLeaks or oh, I actively about that. Just the I know. I know what they did. What? A, what legitimate ground-based effect did they have mm-hmm. on the election? On the outcome. On the outcome of the election. He didn't I, win the popular the popular vote. He did not. No. By three million, up to something point like eight that? ish, something three. like something three, like right? That? Yeah, so enough to round to three. Enough to round to three. <laughs> Which, in in whether you're talking about Comey or or you know the connections with Trump and Flynn and everything else, right. that all somehow ties back to Russia. Right, right. I see your point. I so, see what, you're saying. what kind of what measured did, What did they do? Tell me, damn it. Well, so I don't know that, and I say this as somebody who's a scientist, right? At least, yes, I'm a scientist. That. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know how we isolate an independent effect. Partially because of what you decide, which is... I just opened it to see if my mom was watching. <laughs> Mary is watching us on Facebook Live. Watching herself. Partially because all of it is so deeply connected, which is what you just said. So mm-hmm. this, this, this is all connected to the same sure. thing. But because the difference between the popular vote and what happens in individual states would would direct us to believe it has something more to do with campaign-based deficiencies. Correct. I don't know if we're ever going to be able to create a model that isolates the effect. Right. And so I, I would not be, I would never be one to say Russia influenced the outcome of the election. I would never say that definitively because really? I don't have the proof. I, but there are too it many. It just feels like it That's what I was going like, to say. Yes. But that doesn't answer Nick's question. That's the rumbly tumblies. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I mean, I, again, can I, can I bring the French elections up again? Yeah, if you want, please. <laughs> because you can bring up anything international, <laughs> not domestic. Just, I'm going to be like Phil that once when I was talking and pretend. And like it, again, yeah, I think you're right. We need to, we need to study this systematically. There's got to be we we can you know get causal dynamics and all of that. But I really, oh, God, yeah. Wait, can I jump? This kind yeah. of relates to Speaking like all your academic yes. words and stuff. Mm. Like you learned all those words. What are you talking about? <laughs> Did I? So. We, I feel like we kind of talked about this when we saw each other after the election mm-hmm. and just, yeah. Had kind of a drink like, and for cry like about things. For hours yeah. and hours. But I mean, approaching this as academics, how everything about this election and then, I mean, eventually this presidency is so strange, is mm-hmm. so against the yeah. norm, yeah. Right. and is so, unpre- like, how, if you think of yourself 10 years from now teaching, how do you account for this. Do you it's, think it's going to be... I hope it's an outlier. Okay, that's... <clears throat> it's history. I don't it know about is... that anymore. <laughs> if we go back to 201 and we talked about outlier, right? I hope it's an outlier. It, is, it has to be. It is, it's certainly an outlier. Who knows what happens going forward, but it is certainly up until this point. It's, it's an yeah. outlier yeah. right now. 100%. It in very so well ways. may not be going forward. Well, that I think is yeah. the interest, as yeah. Bill talked about, sort of the angst as a citizen, but the interest as a political scientist and as someone who teaches American politics. Is this something that I'm going to, 10 years from now, be like, oh, remember that one time in that one election, all this shit happened? Or that be like, was fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was or is it going to be, I was, I'm teaching the presidency in my intro to American government class this week, and one of the things we talked about is what does the actual election itself and then the, the fact that we have this president now say about presidential power. Mm-hmm. And so we are talking about this kind of nebulously because it's 100 and some odd days in, but when I teach this exact same lecture X amount of years from now, is it going to be, oh, it looks very different, or, oh, this was a blip? Well, of course, my hope as a citizen is that it's an outlier, and also as someone who likes stats, like, I love outliers. My, my fear is that it's, it is, it's novel, but will, in the future, not be an outlier. Like, that we're going to see more Trumps. And because you're seeing this now across the yes. world. And, like, and not only will we see more Trumps globally, we'll see them more here, and there'll be better politicians. Mm-hmm. Trump is a that's terrible scary. politician. But see, that's super scary, yeah. right? So you think about he knows... <laughs> Right, no, he, he has found he's found a a segment of the public that will respond to those those arguments. But he's he's a terrible politician. I mean he gets he knocks himself over all the time. So if, if you get another politician who's more savvy, like a Marie Le Pen. I was just gonna say like Le yeah, Pen. She knows what she's doing. Uh you're That's gonna fine. S- if he's not a savvy politician, forty eight to forty nine percent of yep. of the popular vote. Like that's not that's she not got insignificant. No, okay. just I'm just being clear. Okay. She got 48. He got 46. If it was anything over 10 percent, right? Exactly. That's exactly. a win for no, this kind of. I think we will look back historically and see he's such a terrible candidate. Yet he got that. Right. This is this something is something's afoot. Right. Yes. If you could put a if, yeah, if you could put some lipstick mm-hmm. on this pig, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to be the thing going yeah. forward every time. But here's my question about the lipstick on the pig. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because one of the things that people or hair paste, whatever you prefer. Yeah. Fair point. Yes. Or orange paint. What? Um, <laughs> one of the things that people overwhelmingly said they liked about him was that he didn't have any lipstick on. Right? Mm-hmm. So if we see someone who puts on, who has the lipstick. Wait, what? Why did I right? hear that? What? <laughs> is that, is that, is that what they said? Should have run with the analogy. <laughs> right? You all, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, people? My point being, if we have a savvy politician who is also, who's delivering the same kind of message as Trump, would it resonate as well? Because something that people really liked about him was he wasn't a typical politician. Right. Yeah. So the disingenuousness that people mm-hmm. saw in Clinton because she was such a savvy politician turned people off. 
one of the many yeah. things about her that turned people off Nick McGuire. So, if you slap lipstick on... Is that what you're saying? What? She turned you off. <laughs> no, I, this you is, see, you this see is where spot I'm on. I guess there's something here. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if you get somebody who would tamp down some of the racism, some of the sexism... Uh, respect the office to circle back to Mary's initial point. Speak linearly. Right. This. Right. Exactly. Maybe read like all of this. <laughs> like this. This is a d- totally different argument in terms no, of that, the. That's why when everyone talks about like the oh I hope you guys impeach sort of thing, it's like we well, get Pence, Pence is terrifying right. and yeah. like he kind of knows what he's doing. Mm. This but is like, why people are so scared Pence of Ted Cruz. old school conservative. Yes, he's not Trump's. No, Trump's but he has some crazy opinions, though, especially as a woman. Agreed. Like, and or as someone who has many gay friends, like that are terrifying. And he's someone who understands the game a lot better and could know what to do to I, get I, things through. I totally agree with that. But he is not going to push the same kind of populist agenda that Trump would push. Right. He's uh, Pence is your he's George W. Bush more conservative. He's he's not Trump, right? I mean, it's it's different. But have we? But we haven't seen this populist agenda or message going through yet. Like what we were talking yeah. about because earlier, the he's so not, fractured. Yeah, right. but I think <clears throat> Pence's could, and that's what. But he wouldn't run on he wouldn't run on some of the race sure. race so angles though, would he? I mean, Pence no. wouldn't do that. I don't know. I don't think he would. Yeah. And so maybe we talk about him running for election or re-election. It could potentially look different. Yeah. But I think to Mary's point. He, he is more likely, for various reasons, institutional and not, to get a legislative agenda through Congress. Oh, absolutely. I, I that is, agree with that. Yeah. Right? That yeah. is what is scary. I, I would totally agree with that. I think he's less likely to blow the world up. Yes. Yeah. Because of a tweet. Or, because or, of a tweet. Right. You know oh, what? It's just like, low, and this <laughs> can probably just serve as, like, I don't know, a segue or something. Oh, I love segues. That it's... I love a good segue. In May of 2017, in May of 2009... We were not talking about, you know, those things that happened in the campaign. Like the fact yes. that it's this many months, six months later, and we're still really relitigating everything. Right. Including that, the president tweeting about yes, the campaign. Exactly. Yeah. He yeah. cannot get Can you imagine if Barack Obama had brought someone into the Oval Office and given them an actual printout of the Electoral yep. College map, like Reporters. Trump did two days ago? An IOU yeah. to Angela Merkel? Like, right, you yeah. owe this much to the UN. Here it's you go. Insane, ah. but just the fact that we're still relitigating this—that this, that this <laughs> then leads, you know, just speaking as a Democrat for the Democratic Party to then relitigate the primaries and everything—it's just, it's just awful. And I mean, yes, bad things happen, like the Russia stuff, the Comey stuff. Like that is something that should be looked at, but it can't change anything right now. And it's just, <clears throat> yeah. The so yes. another segue real quick. We had a question come in from uh, Courtney on oh, Facebook. Jesus. Is she a friend of yours? She is, she is my brother's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the senators or political leaders to follow for the 2020 Democratic ticket? Ooh, that's a good Mary question. Let's do some time traveling. <laughs> Let's do some time traveling. I have favorites. Which Whoever's are the before. mutants that will survive the nuclear apocalypse? <laughs> Not us, follow. that's yes. for sure. Well, Courtney, um, thanks for asking. Um, I'm a big Deval Patrick fan. I would follow him immediately. Um, he's big. I mean, I like Cory Booker. I think he's good. He might be a little too, like, anointed. Like, he should be the next one sort of thing. Sure, sure. Um, What about one of the Castro brothers? 
I love Raul? those casseroles. Or who? <laughs> no, Julian. I think and, one's um, dead, and, yes, as I recall. Um, <laughs> Wrong Castro. <laughs> Kamala Harris is great. So this is always my question about this when I think about, and a lot of it has to do with what the direction, what is going to be the direction of the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. right? Is it going to be like a Bernie Sanders old white guy but can speak to the white working class voters that Hillary Clinton couldn't mm-hmm. speak to? Or is it going to be someone like Keith Ellison or Cory Booker or Elizabeth Warren or one of the Castro brothers who's going to take take the party in the direction it already was going, which is sort of this inclusivity? I don't know that that wins in 2020. But I don't know that Bernie Sanders wins in 2020. The thing so in some ways, we're looking at 2024, quite honestly. We, we the, need a Joe Biden. We do, right? A young Joe Biden? Oh, that's we need a bro. Don't. Don't. Right. I, mean, I, I was told there's I, no. All right. There's, there's no, no crying. Yeah, there's on no this crying podcast. a lot of the podcast. Don't, don't, but I mean, I know, that's, I that's the I dynamic that wins, right? And the thing that scares me though about these conversations is the whole like looking back the past few months at like the DNC chair race. Exactly. Like that was yeah. awful. Was so bad. That was so bad for the party in the wake of what was an awful thing already for the party. It just like, added salt. It's, more salt, more salt. Yeah. That's what scares me about like already Delicious. having the 2020 <laughs> conversations. It's like, we need to get out of our own way. Yeah, yeah but I don't even know how to but do how? that. Elect- yeah. I don't, don't even know how to do that. There's time though, right? I mean, everybody's, I think Trump has sped all of this up. The Democrats have plenty of time. Let a year or two go by. Somebody will rise. That's implying that they're going to come up with some sort of coherent strategy. They no. clearly are not capable no, of Democrats doing that. Democrats don't win elections. No, Nick, that's obvious. But, I mean, yeah, they'll look at somebody. But how do we win them finally? Because you, And you say yeah, this almost every week. Yeah. And you both, like, Democrats, we suck at winning yeah, elections. Yeah. And we do suck at winning elections, mm-hmm. which is why we can't, we have no legislative alliances, because we have no electoral alliances. It's true, we suck. But the impulse, again, for the Democrats right now is to go far left. And I don't know if that yeah. wins them the next presidential election. I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. And I don't I don't know. The so, answer to everything is we need Joe Biden. I, I think that's like, a good, yeah. But I think... But I also don't like at all of these articles I've seen this week about, like, is he considering 2020? No. It's like, no. No, no. no, no. That, that, he would have exactly. run in 2016, right? If he didn't don't, do 16, right. not doing 2020. Not right. That's, that that's not good for the Democratic Party to go yeah. back like that. They exactly. need to find the younger, more dynamic... White. Right. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna say it. White yeah. man. If we're gonna, if someone's gonna go up, up against Trump in 2020, and is actually has a shot of winning, I quite honestly, I and you can, and I hope I'm wrong on this. Pete Buttigieg, from the South Bend. Love him. I don't know anything about him. He's great. I like him. Okay, I need to look at him. <laughs> but he's like, but he's. I don't think he's president. Well, but no, I, I think get it. Needs it. Like to be a, a white Chris Murphy, from Connecticut. Oh, Chris Murphy. Big... That's. That's and interesting. He seems to be kind of that is some groundwork. I like Chris, that. Chris Murphy's yep. good. I can say I can see that. Mm-hmm. I like that. You He's don't my think sister's it senator, and I'm very jealous about that. He's you don't think a white man? I, I mean, I I don't necessarily think that it needs to be that from a democratic perspective. I think that the issue with this current cycle was she thought she was anointed. She ran a terrible campaign. She was an elitist who ran an elitist campaign. Okay, that's only putting blame on one side. Can we talk about and what Trump going did forward, to there... deliver a message that actually resonates? Mary yeah. raised the first hand on the podcast. Hand. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. I just think it's incomplete. Yeah, that's fine. Yes. Completely agree. But then going forward, the tendency is 
going farther to the left to solve their problems. All I don't think that that's. I don't think they should go farther. Left. No, I'm not saying that you that you think. So I'm you saying think that's a centrist. Been, centrist is all that doesn't matter what they look like. I I think that's going to have more of an effect than what race the person is or gender or gender. Oh, Suzanne and not being part of the <laughs> democratic industrial complex. Well, okay, I'll. I'll, I'll that's Susan, a fair bite, bite, bite. No, I know, I know. But Mary, hit her hand up. <laughs> no, 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 that's no. right, that's right. Go, Go girl. No, I no, I, I don't even remember. Oh, I think it was just about the elitist campaign. And I think, and I'm biased against this, obviously, because I have a lot of friends who worked on it. It wasn't a good campaign, no. Like, But I wouldn't say it was the worst campaign. It was the wrong campaign. Like, right. it explain, was, explain that. I like that. They ran a campaign that was... I think made it seem like the things with of Barack Obama's campaign were applicable to Hillary Clinton. One overly reliant on groups of people that were not going to turn out yes. the Correct. same range. Not acknowledging right. the fact that Barack Obama's campaign was like kind of an anomaly and that Barack Obama is an anomaly and stuff and that, you know, you can't replicate that, especially with a woman that he had beat before. Right. You know. That's and right. so I Absolutely. think there was a lot of that, like Listeners are learning now. This is great. <laughs> no, it's true. And you, I mean, you've seen this. You, you've seen this on the ground, and you've also studied it. So, good Should we? Is it time to talk beers? <laughs> what time? How, how far are we in? Wow, know. we're already forty something minutes yeah. in. Yeah, time flies. Talk beers. Well, yes. I know, right? Go yeah. Um, ladies, do you want to go first? <laughs> we drank the same things, <laughs> but just in reverse order. So you, you. Go I first. will start. Um, yes. So I started with an Allagash White, which is a favorite of mine when I'm out and feel like I need to order something a little nicer than like a Miller Light. Um, Which Mary wanted to bring on the podcast. That is a joke that I was going to show up with a six pack of Miller Lite and a bottle of yeah. Kim Crawford you're Sauvignon Blanc. You're not in college anymore. You can afford better things. But, like, it just goes down so easily. Um, so, an Allagash White is, as the name suggests, a nice white beer from Portland, Maine. Um, mm. Went down pretty pretty nice and then followed it up with a wine and kugels summer shandy which i know you have had good good wisconsin beer is wine and kugel wisconsin oh yeah hey there oh there i I saw i saw a summer shandy billboard when i was driving out here for Mm. this i was like fate yeah um i know i need to try the grapefruit you say the grapefruit grapefruit shandy is the best of all the shandies yes Do you like the ginger shandy? No, I, I'm not a fan of ginger. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, no, good. Nice. Getting ready for this is a summer favorite. I drink all the same things. <laughs> and again, if you've ever heard me on the podcast, I like all the light fruity beers. That's what I like. So, Bill and Nick knew what to bring for me. Stereotype. But <laughs> well, I requested applies. these ones. Oh, yeah, you did. So, thank you. Allagash White something that I order out a lot because I have a hard time finding a Hefeweizen on tap, so often you can find this on tap, which I really like. Um, it's heavier than a lining Kugel because basically it's like drinking lemonade. Yes. So, mm. as I said My before. mom's a big fan of Allagash White. Thanks, Maureen. She discovered it last summer. Likes it. Thanks to yep. you, I'm sure. Yeah. So I picked up the pack of the Sam Adams IPA, like fruity IPAs. Which... Sam Adams is not going to sponsor us. That's just bad marketing on your Nick, part. Nick, if they did, we'd be set for the year. So... So I'm Sam Adams. We love you. It's great. All right. So I started with a grapefruit IPA, and I'm telling you, I, I just you pairing 
grapefruit and IPA doesn't get any better. It's the best. I, I like that. I like grapefruit. I like IPA. It was a wonderful beer. It was very, very good. And then my second beer was the Rebel IPA, which was a more traditional art IPA. It was, it was good. It was good. Not as good as the grapefruit, but solid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I had three, because apparently I have Nicholas. a problem. No, you drank a whole um, one before we came I on. did, just because I had to set He was preparing magic for me off. to be We're yeah. not really at a bar, you guys. What? Just in case you weren't. You're putting the bar here. Lots of different times. Um, <laughs> Bill disappears. You were going to have to figure out a way to get everyone in the shot at some point, so it doesn't look like they're going into a different dimension <laughs> once they go over a certain point. Um, so there I, go. I had... Uh, uh, a beta brewing, which is out of New Orleans, uh, oh, fantastic, uh, really nice and easy and light, um, pretty good starter. I don't think I've ever had it before, but that could be very wrong because I've had lots of their stuff. You know who likes um, a beta brewery? Who's that? Phil Barker. I don't know. Hi, him. Phil. Yeah. Who's Hi, Phil. We met once in New York. <laughs> nice to see you. Um, yeah, highly recommend. All of the beta stuff is is really good. Um, so check that out. Uh, second one I had was a Hopalicious from Al Asylum, and they're out of Madison? Madison, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Um, I think there's some bias. It was here. different. Um, almost like a chocolatey kind of taste to it. Nick, you're wrong. Nick, it's, it's, right, no. Fuck, fuck me then, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. Um, you like the Hopalicious? Is that what you're saying? It's not chocolatey? Lush citrus aroma and bold hop flavor without crazy bitterness. Hopalicious is a brew of passion. And it's, I don't care about any of that. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I got kind of a like an earthy like kind too of... much, too hoppy. No, like no. it was it was it was almost not hoppy enough. Ooh, it almost tasted kind of yeah. cocoa-y, chocolatey. Kind I of will thing. say like so. Ale Asylum taste buds are wrong. Ale Asylum is my favorite brewery in the world. Mm-hmm. If they would sponsor us, it'd be better. Their Bedlam beer <laughs> is also hoppy. That's my favorite, but Hopalish is my second. So mm-hmm. yeah, but it's and I get I get that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Third, which we've had before, uh, Two Brothers Outlaw 2.0, which is an IPA. Why don't um, they sponsor you? They're right down the street. Right? Two Brothers. This is shit. Yeah. Um, don't take that. That's no. not really how you not get really. the <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll cut that in post. Yeah. Edit. Um, no, it, it's get, like, like everything they have is awesome. Yeah. Um, there is not a bad thing from Two Brothers. It's a, a great palate. It's almost got a like a sweet, caramely kind of taste to it. Um but pretty light too, um, drinkable. Yeah, and six point three. So I'll take that all day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very good. Uh, more importantly, out of anything, if you're looking for good party favors or gifts to hand out, uh, our sponsor is Gifts That Suck. They make one of uh, wow wine bottle size straws with um, different tags attached to them. I have a thing. Um, I have given them as gifts. There we go. That's what they look oh. like. Yeah. So, so that one's for our birthday. For... It's a straw that goes directly in your wine bottle. I gave it to yeah. a woman who just had a baby so she could drink her wine while she was feeding her newborn. Yeah. Um, so it's they have... Not feeding the baby the wine. <laughs> feeding the baby with a bottle. Okay. Yeah. So they have uh, straws for uh, a number of different occasions. Their birthday one is up on the screen now. Um, Weddings, uh, new jobs, holidays, uh, Fourth of July is not really coming up, but that's the next closest mm-hmm. holiday that Memorial they have. Memorial Day. Yeah, I don't think they have a Memorial Day straw. Mother's Day, Father's, Mother's Day. Day. Father's Day. Yes, yeah. Father's, Father's Day. This guy, this guy. <laughs> yeah. You're going to put it in your beer bottle? She'll drink sure. his peanut <laughs> I want a bottle of <laughs> and a gift that sucks. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, visit giftsthatsuck.com. 
Uh, they have, whatever, a couple dozen different designs, uh, always adding new ones, so um, keep your eyes open for that. And uh, thank you. We, we appreciate that. And now the bottle's going to go away. Yay. Um, what else we got? All right, so if you guys will indulge me. I'm, I'm curious about... So Donald Trump has had many bizarre weeks. This felt like the most bizarre, maybe 24 or 48 hours, of the presidency. He was reflecting on the Civil War and asking about whether the Civil War was necessary. Uh, he... He called Kim Jong Un a honorable. He would he would be honored to meet him. They call him a smart cookie. Smart. He, he did, did that, that he as did. well. Uh, he invited Rodrigo yes. Duterte, the, uh, the the president of the Philippines, who is I would say a, a terrible guy. Um, he did a bunch of interviews with with the, the print media as well as with, it was a bizarre week. To the level where a number of outlets were asking, "Is there something wrong with Trump?" <laughs> Right, is this, is, and they were they were careful about how they worded that. But at some point, do we say, okay? My, my question is: Is this ignorance? Is he is he just not a very smart man? Is it arrogance where he just doesn't care, or is there something? Is is it's he like right? Right? Is there something going on that we need to worry just, about? Just say it. And when and whether do we have that conversation? Do we say like, oh, this is trumping Trump, or do we say no? It's it's something more significant. Like I, I was concerned this week when he brought when he thought Andrew Jackson when he was talking about Andrew Jackson and the Civil War that's that's bizarre. So here's the thing, and we had talked a little bit mm -hmm. about this, and I've I read a lot of these articles when they come up about the like kind of his mental health, and I'm someone who's big on how people, especially in the public eye, talk about mental health and things, and. I mean, so there are the things about, like, oh, he clearly has a personality disorder. He has, you know... Textbook narcissism. Textbook narcissism. Yeah. And so there's, you know, that where I think that is kind of a dangerous boundary. Sure. Too, because, well, one, I think anyone who runs for public office, especially president, has to have a bit of narcissism. Yeah. I mean, just... It comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. um, but I think something like narcissism as a diagnosis, I think that doesn't necessarily mean you're unfit for the office mm -hmm. or unable to... It's almost to, a requirement. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or unable to carry out the job. But I think when you veer into the territory of, like, dementia yeah. or something that kind of shows the brain deteriorating, that's, I think, a little more obviously worrisome and possibly more appropriate. Mm -hmm. There was that interaction between, I don't know if you, on CBS, John Dickerson was interviewing him, and he was asking him about the, the wiretapping and his allegation of Trump, uh, or Obama wiretapping Trump, and he was really pushing him, Dickerson was, and he said, do you stand by your claim? And Trump responded with, I don't stand by anything. I don't stand by anything. I don't stand by anything. And then walked away. And then, and Dickerson was like, I don't know how to respond to <laughs> that. Right, done. Right. Mic drop. You're out. And it wasn't long after that Trump said this is over. And then the next day, Spicer, Spicy, had to basically say like, "No, he stands by not standing by that." Which I was like, "That's that's." <laughs> Spicer, you're brilliant. Spicy. You you love talking about spicy. He loves to talk about spicy. Yeah, spicy. He's good. like the. Are you surprised he's stealing his job? job. Trump can't find anybody else to have a nervous it. breakdown. That's true. Yeah. You can't no, find yeah. anyone Maybe for I'm sure about Spicer's mental health. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like in the long term. Long term, long term what effects What is the PTSD of being... Yeah. Not yeah. to mitigate 
PTSD, but like, you know, yeah. what are the con- long-term consequences of well, being Trump's? Let's look at this in a, in a historical context. Oh, Has that. there been any shift in his personality? He's been in the public eye for, what, three decades at this point, if not more? Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything that would suggest he was more stable at any point in the past than he is right now? I think that his think there are parts of his brain that need to be deal. engaged in this job that he's never had to engage. So yeah, whether it's a lot tougher than he thought it's it was. It's a lot more complicated, right? right? It's, right. Not, it's so, not as easy. It's, his it's, old life was easier. So whether his brain is incapable of handling this stuff, or he just doesn't have the intellectual capacity. Yeah. I don't know which one is worse, but they're both consequential. Absolutely. Have you? So the political did a, an article this this week talking about they're now bringing him one option for policy. They're saying, it, you know, usually presidents get multiple options, and then the president decides. They're now presenting him with one. Do this. Like, here's the deal: strengths, weaknesses. Here's the press fallout. That's it. Because that's what he wants. He and doesn't want to... But this is also... And then he decides just, yes or no. This is just... No, 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 no. no. They're just like, saying, we're going to do this. this. They're doing this. And I guess he could push back, but like... But he won't. Here's, what, here's your option. This is also just like going across the whole administration. Like, Rex Tillerson yesterday or mm-hmm. today, set, like, made the verbal request to his whole department, like, agency saying, you know, I want things that are only like two or three sentences. I'm a slow reader. I don't want, he said like, I'm a slow reader. He said like something like I'm a slow reader. I don't like to read. Well, he, he, like, means, a, he means a lot of nap time too. Exactly. So. He he is, a it's a tired They're all but tired. Just, like, no, just the, and that's the thing. And this kind of goes back, I think, to what this started on. Just this view of government that, and like in these jobs that you know I could never, none of us could ever do. As like the oh of course I was qualified like oh it, maybe it's a little tougher just this complete dis I mean disrespect going into mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and that's I guess fundamental um, lack of understanding and yeah I, I it's can't just think, disgusting going back whether Republican or Democrat I can't think of another president who was that way who said I don't want multiple options give me one what what you know tell me what the best option is. Mm. And then move forward. Nixon yeah. was recorded saying he hated the Jews. Like really? Like well, there, there are there were crazy people. No, but, but, I, but, the, the but complete, he, Nixon was smart. Yeah, the complete well, shunning yeah. of yes. not any extra knowledge. Right. Even George W. Bush now is coming off as an intellectual compared to Trump, where which yeah. is one of the most amazing things. Right. Trump has done. I mean, they like, called they called W. the decider. Like if you're if you're given one option yes, like Trump is, you're not a decider, no. right? You're a Sounds good guy, right? I mean, it's... Okay, so let's look at this in the context of him talking with, say, autocratic dictators. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. Like, what, what's, what's the perception on that? Of him talking to them? Yeah. Inviting them to the White House? Yeah. That he'd be honored to speak with them? Yeah. So there's the symbolic idea that the head, our head of state, is going to engage with people like Duterte, who have basically killed people indiscriminately and bragged about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the other side, which is why not engage leaders from the region to try to figure out what to do about North Korea mm-hmm. since he has no idea. I mean, I have my own personal opinions on this, obviously, but I don't. I also don't think he understands the political fallout of what it means to be the head of state and engaging with people who, right? Because again, he's never back, had to care about it before, and he still doesn't have to care. He doesn't think he has to yeah. care. So. I don't know that there's a strategy behind trying to get the no, Philippines no, no, involved. No. There's in never a strategy. There's never a strategy. Right, there's right. Never exactly. We go back to this yeah. all the time. Yeah. Never I, but I, this, like, the idea of like, yeah, I'd be honored to bring Kim Jong Un to the White House. Like, does he not see anything wrong with that 
word choice? I will say I'm torn on this because, like, with Duterte, this is a mistake. It's an absolute mistake. Like, you should shun him if the United States is going to stand for human rights. You don't embrace him. There's no strategic advantage for having a relationship with the Philippines and him. Tillerson said today that the U.S. isn't going to stand for human rights. That like it's, it's going not, to stand for human basically, rights? Basically, like, that people around the world, like, that it's not up to the U.S., like, that we're not going to make decisions about who we engage with based on their human rights. Like that's a big shift. It's a, I mean, this is this Mr. is Mr. Foreign Policy, yeah. right? And this is more than a this is more than a partisan shift because Republicans and Democrats have both Morality stood for shift. right. Yes. Yeah, it's what they stood it for. That doesn't mean they've necessarily actually followed through with it. Fair how point. Often, fair point. How often do we talk to the, the the Saudis on a regular basis? A lot. I think more than yeah. we know. They got a lot, yeah. but they have a lot of oil. Oh. We don't. And so not, much of our economy is tied up with theirs. But only as much as it used to be, though. But it's well, it's a curious thing because I would, you know, North Korea. I think talking to North Korea is probably a good idea. I, but bringing him to the White House? No, that's the Duterte. Uh, Kim Jong Un. Didn't he talk about bringing him to the White House? Or no, am I getting no. Confused? He's just a smart cookie, and, and it would talk be to honor him. to meet him. He didn't honor say where. Yes, oh, yeah. They didn't say specifically. I so what was what was the the term that was flying around um, <laughs> that was being used for the Obama, uh, Obama administration's um, policy towards North Korea? Strategic or, patience. Strategic yes. patience. That's what. Wait, it was. and it'll get better. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So didn't get worse. But is that, a little bit. Is that, a, is that their missiles got bigger? But but did sorry. Go ahead. No go. Please. No no no. I interrupted you, and I'm trying to work no, on my interrupting. I would li- I, I would like to hear your points because <laughs> I want to be able to refute it. <laughs> oh, my relationship with Nick. Yes, No, what I is what I say. Did it get worse? Is that I I wonder if what got worse was now we have this president who is less able to deal with it than previous presidents. Yes, all of them. Including Andrew Jackson. <laughs> so, who, if he were president during the Obama administration, none of that shit yeah. would happen. So, is, is the assumption then that the previous administration just punted and let someone else deal with it after afterwards? Like, I don't know if that was purposeful, but I think that the strategic patience worked in terms of non-escalation. Uh-huh. And we are in a place now where either Kim Jong Un is testing this president because he knows he can. Or this president is not handling this relationship appropriately, which then emboldens Kim Jong Un. Right, I, th- I think that's a. F- I think it's fair to criticize the Obama administration in their handling of North Korea. They, they, no, they, <laughs> that was a joke. They, they could have, they could have done more. And I, I am sympathetic to Obama and his is a Niebuhr-esque approach to things, which is, can, let's can you wait. Explain that for, can, well, can, so, so Reinhold Niebuhr suggested the more you do, you're going to get yourself right, stuck. Okay, okay, fine, 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 fine. That was the appropriate yeah, one, Nick, yeah. Um, and so, so Obama thought, like, the le- less is more, and in for, for many places, that was the right answer. North Korea, it might not have been. But how is it the right answer? The hell's like the wrong answer? Because there's no right. good, there's no good options. That's not what I'm there. saying now. <laughs> so North, North Korea, it's, it's either sanctions which don't work, it's pressuring China which doesn't work, it's a military response which then has all sorts of problems. Right. Exactly. So so uh, North Korea is a, a basket of bad options. Okay, so we know that North Korea has probably expanded their uh, conventional military and nuclear options since whatever, the beginning of the Obama administration, Yes, correct? Yeah. We know that Iran hasn't completely uh, acknowledged uh, or probably stopped their nuclear program. They've stopped the nuclear weapons program. There's no nuclear weapons program in Iran. Mm-hmm. 
they have not, not acknowledged the fact that they did at some point want nuclear weapons. Right. That's the Which sticking is fucking bullshit. Okay. But, but, it's, um, but, it, no, but it matters, though, right? Because Iran is now under an, uh, review for the IAEA and the international community. I'm not worried about Iran. But the, the, the whole thing with the, uh, the IAEA was that they weren't going to have independent inspectors. It was going to be internal inspectors, was it not? No, for this new deal, mm-hmm. and again, we don't want to get too into the specifics, because the readers will fall asleep. The readers? Oh, the listeners. The listeners. Readers. Wow. Yeah, so are we reading a transcript? Right, right. <laughs> some are, some are. But, so no, Iran doesn't worry me anymore. North Korea does. Okay. Yeah. Um, Libya's still in shambles. Yes. Syria didn't disclose all of their chemical weapons. Not going to, yes. Obviously not. Yep. Clearly. Yeah. So foreign policy this is a bit of a mixed bag oh. to slightly a bag yeah. full of shit for but the you, past you eight years. You can't throw yeah. all of the fact that the world No, I'm not saying that. But I'm yeah. saying that the policy itself... It just it, uh, on uh, on a superficial level, strategic patience, Fair. as it's called, is not an effective strategy. Wait and see is not an effective strategy. What's the alternative? I, well, so I would say the alternative is George W. Bush, which was Pre- regime Pre- change, Pre- and that was you no. Know, I don't necessarily think it's that either. You're looking at two extremes: you right. either do nothing, or you go fucking crazy yeah. and completely dismantle and set things on which fire. Which is where Neither. people are fearful. Right. 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 Which isn't necessary. I don't think yeah. that the population of the United States would. Allow that to go forward. I, I, I but don't, how could they disallow it? Because he's the commander in chief of the military. I I don't think I. Yeah, I I don't see them getting into another ground Wait, war. And it's it's no. That's like and and I and we've talked about this in the past couple of of episodes. I think there's some sort of merit, whether it's purposeful or if he's actually doing it or not. It comes off like you're probing their their assets and, and their, their capability. Yeah, yeah, you're poking the bear. Yeah. Right, which realistically, yeah, yeah, you're probing the bear. Um, it, it like as much as I think it's, and I do think there's a significant part of me that thinks it's not purposeful in any way. But there's some part the of Trump, me that could, yeah. yeah, that that yeah, the administration is not doing that purposefully. But at the same time, these concerns were there mm-hmm. and they need to be addressed. And I think, especially with the amount of military personnel that he has in the administration now, right. that those are methods that they wanted to evince over the past eight to you know who might have done that yeah hillary she's yeah she she's the middle ground nick that you're looking for a hawk in sheep's clothing you're with her hawk and dove's clothing (laughs) (laughs) no i i i wouldn't disagree with you nick i I do think that it's an oversimplification to say George W. Bush went too far. Obama might have been too cautious. There's there's a middle yeah. ground. And, and, and I think when you're talking about... I don't about, think Trump has found that middle ground. Though. No, I don't yeah. think so either. And regardless of the rhetoric that's being talked about with Kim, Kim Jong-un and Duterte coming to the White House and whatnot, what these leaders, quote-unquote, respond to, yeah. they're, they're egotistical, shallow people who like to think that... They're, they're like Trump. They yeah. like people to like them. Well, and it, it is entirely possible that Kim Jong-un will see Trump and say, that guy's crazier than me, and I'm going to moderate my behavior. It's level the playing field. Right. It, it's the, <laughs> so there's lots of discussion of Nixon and his madman theory. And Ooh. so this was Kissinger said, like, Nixon's crazy, he's crazy, he's you know, disturbing, you better moderate your behavior or other he, he won't. It, it could happen. I Yeah. I, I, I don't think that... I don't like the rhetoric that he used. I think that if it wasn't for the fact that he's Donald Trump, that this is a 
relatively effective strategy and figuring out what they're thinking and what their methodology is. Because you want to to do. Well, obviously. You said this before. Yeah, but even as a political scientist, I'm curious. When you poke the bear... What's the bear going to do? Right. The bear's not going to do anything. But is... This, this, again, we'll go back to Phil Barker. He says if you poke a bear, it chases you. That's right. I remember. Well, and clearly, he just falls down (laughs) and hurts himself. (laughs) That's why he was running up the mountain. Sorry, Phil. Oh, man. Oh, this is good. Any... Close. Where are we? We're uh, we're good. We're this is perfect what? time. We didn't talk about Javanka. Oh, Javanka. Oh, 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 Javanka. All right, Mary. You, yeah, uh, Mary. Let's, no, let's, no, let's, no, we no, no, we've no, hit. I think we've no, hit. No, right. Yeah, we could go off on this. So. Yeah. Yes. You know, I want to talk about Ivanka. Mary also wants to talk about Ivanka. We'll have a private conversation. next next time. Um. Well, thank thank you guys for joining us. Thank you so Final much. Thoughts on anything? Nothing. I'm just so excited to have had Mary here. Oh this my god, stop it. Yeah. I felt so much pressure when I listened to last week's and Nick was like promoting this week and he said that I was one of his absolute favorite people. I was like, oh my goodness. They're about as far apart on the political spectrum as you could get, but I love Mary. Who doesn't love Mary? This is why the podcast is good. Yeah. Yeah. People together. Yes. Yes. Um, Thanks for throwing out your back, Phil, so I got to participate. Yes. Get better, Phil. Yay. Um, Bye, Mom and Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shameless plugs? Shameless plugs. Um, Do we... I guess we just do ours, right? Yeah. Do you have anything to plug, Mary? Yeah, Mary. (laughs) Plug anything? Uh, Your Facebook Facebook page? No, do not follow me on Twitter unless you want to see a mixture of things about, like, Barack Obama and Harry Styles from One Direction. (laughs) I cover the full spectrum. That's right. Um, I told Emily Goodfellow I'd, like, work Harry Styles into this. There you go. (laughs) Um, yeah, follow us on Facebook at Barstool Politics. Twitter is at Barstool Paul. P O L. Still. Yep. I got cut or yep. that piece of shit down. The email's been quiet. Um, um, the email's been quiet. <laughs> Barstool Politics at yahoo.com. Um, <laughs> That's why, man. Right, exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah, if uh, we're, this is going to be up on iTunes uh, soon after the broadcast is done. Uh, like us, review us, review us definitely so we can get more traction on the magical boards or however they decide where people end up. There we um, go. Good job, Mark <laughs> um, Yeah, thanks, guys. Cheers. 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 Great, a lot of fun. Red button. Red. No, yeah. no, no, stop button. <laughs> <laughs>